You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me. This week, we've been reading through the Psalms, Psalms, Psalm 1 through 67, and we've we're reading 15 psalms from this uh, half of the book, and as we dive into it, we've seen psalms such as uh, imprecatory psalms, we've seen instructive psalms, we have, as I've uh, discussed with you, uh, the the psalms of praise and thanksgiving, and each one, I believe, points to uh, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and so we've even seen Messianic prophecies. Well, today we want to ask, how can we apply the, the psalms devotionally? And this is a really important question because psalms is seen as a worship book, a book on praise and prayer and singing. And many times we just kind of rush through them, understanding, yes, of course, that they were applicable to the uh, people who wrote them in that context and, and in that day. But I want us to kind of focus on how do we apply them? How can we gather with our family, gather with our small groups, and talk about uh, devotional application? And that's what we do each week with different books. But Psalms, the book of Psalms, is a very important book to do that with. And so I want to ask you really five questions today as we walk through some of the Psalms that you're reading this week and kind of point out uh, maybe some things that you can uh, examine your own heart with. So as we look at the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm chapter 1 begins talking about the type of man that values God, his relationship with God, and really the Word of God. I love uh, Psalm 1. I've uh, tried to put it to memory, and it just begins with how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Listen to verse 2. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And the question that I would ask uh, you and your small group and your family is this. What does it really mean to delight in the law of the Lord? Not just to read it, not just to study it, but to have your delight in his law. And does this describe your walk with God and his word? I want you to be honest. I want you to think through that. And if your answer to that is, well, no, it really doesn't describe my life and my walk, then what needs to change in your heart in order for it to describe that? Because we know, based on Psalm 1, that those who delight in the law of the Lord will stay away from the things of this world and the sinfulness. Question number two. When you look at Psalm 8, verses 4 and 5, and you see it talking about who is man or what is man, that you are mindful of him. And then it talks about the Son of Man that was created a little lower than the angels. And then you compare that with New Testament Scripture, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. Um, they show, uh, or my question is, how do those passages picture Christ as the Son of Man? We, we know he's referred to that in the New Testament many times. And what does this mean concerning Old Testament truth being fulfilled in New Testament realities? Uh, so how would you take Psalm 8 and show that Hebrews 2 quotes Psalm 8, but also confirms that Christ is the fulfillment of the Son of Man? When you look at the book of Psalms, uh, I've mentioned this uh, several times, that there are Messianic Psalms that point directly 
to Christ prophetically. And so Psalm 8 includes verses like that. Um, compare Psalm 8, 4 and 5, and Hebrews 2, 6 through 8, and look at that and kind of build uh, your own defense, your own, uh, your, your own explanation of, hey, how does that work together? Talk with your small group, your family, and see what you can come up with. A third question that I would ask you is, consider the grouping of Psalm 22 through 24. Uh, 22 includes a lot of crucifixion details and uh, statements that Christ even makes from the cross. 23, of course, is probably the most famous psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And then 24 describes the earth as the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and then asks the question, who may ascend his holy hill, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. So, when you put those together, Psalm 22, 23, and 24, here's a question I'd like you to consider, and maybe you've never considered. How could you provide a clear explanation of the gospel by putting these three psalms together and walking somebody through Psalm 23, Psalm 20, or Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24? You may never never thought of that or considered that. Take some time to talk through with your family, with your small group. Grab your kids and say, hey, when you walk through these psalms, what do we see about the gospel based on this? And how could we show somebody who's lost the gospel of Jesus Christ with this grouping of psalms? Number four, Psalm 32 and Psalm 51, two psalms that you're reading this week, seem to work hand in hand with, there's a key word, confession. Psalm 51, of course, David, uh, the context is David committing sin with Bathsheba and then telling God against you and you alone have I sinned, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit with me, restore to me the joy of my salvation. He has to be cleansed uh, from his sin. And so uh, we see that. Then in Psalm 32, and just because it's 32 numerically comes before 51 doesn't mean that it was written before. It, it I, I really believe Psalm 51 comes before Psalm 32, because in Psalm 32, we find blessed is the one who has been forgiven. And when you look at these two, you see a confession and cleansing in Psalm 51, and you see a confidence in the forgiveness God gives us in Psalm 32. So here's what I would ask. Take both those Psalms. When is the last time that you confessed before God? I mean, really got into not just God, forgive me for my sins today, but really saw your sin and need of, uh, of forgiveness and confessed it before God. And then when you confess, did it look like these verses? Did it look like those passages? What did you say to God? What did you experience from it? And so why or why not? If, if it did look like that, then, then how did you pattern that? Or if it didn't look like that, um, what, what needed to be done or still needs to be done? Think through this idea of psalms being not just praise, but confession. And how does that apply even to your life? Finally, Psalm 67 is one of my favorite psalms. It's one of the shortest ones. but It's known really as a missionary psalm. He prays, God bless us so that, um, in order that your way may be known. It, it's really a prayer of God bless us so that we can bless you and bless others through the gospel. So, how are you praying for missions and missionaries? And I would take time, if you would, with your family, with your small group, and think about particular missionaries that you know or know their names and pray for them by name. Think about mission endeavors. Think about ministries that are doing what God's called them to do and ask God to bless them in order for them to be a blessing and make his way known in all the earth. And then pray 
God, how can we be instruments of blessing to the world? As we close out today's episode, we want to look at our memory verse for the week, and that is Psalm 19, verse 14, and it simply says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. If you would, write that down, study it, highlight it, but memorize that verse so that our prayer truly is that we would be acceptable in His sight through the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart. And we know that can only be done in Jesus Christ. Hey, I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.